I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Do you watch Euphoria? Not yet, but I play. I've wa- I watched Coleman's Christmas episode that that standalone. I haven't watched the show. Coleman's in it from the beginning. Just started watching it last night, and I don't think a show has given me that level of anxiety mm-hmm. since. God, I don't even know what. I can't even compare it to anything. I think it's the point. Maybe not. It's brilliant. A lot of people don't want to have teenagers, right? If this is a reflection, I can understand why. It's brilliant. Whoever wrote it, directed it, shot it, and casted and cast the show, like hats off. But oh my God, the anxiety. It's not even the kind of show you can binge because you're just wiped out even after one episode. You need like a week in between. You need a, definitely a couple of days. Watch it though, and and let's discuss because if you haven't seen it, you don't know what I'm referring to. Yeah, it's all I've heard. Yeah, but it's 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 supposed to be genius. Mm. That it is. I went to a um like a ranch slash farm the other day in. How was it? In the valley, it was so amazing. I saw llamas, goats. I saw a bull. Did you pet them? A bunch of horses. Yeah, I pet them. And then here's what's like, can I tell, talk to you about social media for a second? Yeah. I, the reason I didn't post any of these pictures of my amazing day mm-hmm. was because my outfit was so ridiculous. I don't know what I chose to wear that day, but I looked kind of like an escapee of a, like a Florida retirement home. Wow. And I really felt good when I left the house. I was like, this is cute. And then my friends were taking all these videos and pictures and I was very excited to get them later because I was like, oh, I have this is, as we say, content. I can post a picture. My God, my outfit was so embarrassing. And therefore, no one's ever going to see my goat, my amazing goat day. You go through this a lot, though. This isn't this isn't nor- this isn't unusual for you. But this is my OK. So I have a follow up question then. Do I really look this ridiculous all the time or is it just I'm. I don't think so, but I have to see the outfit in question to give you a real thorough answer. Well, I put I had to put a hat on in my defense because it was so sunny and I'm trying to protect my skin as I age. But the hat didn't help. It really took it it just to accentuated it. <laughs> yeah, it took it to the next level. <laughs> Can you send me a photo? Yeah, I will. More importantly, did you pet the goats? Yes. How were they? The, well, I want, I was most excited to pet the llama, but I was told to keep back because they spit in your face, like it, much like a camel, I guess. Like a camel? Yeah. So that was a little upsetting. I couldn't touch that one. What were the goats like? Oh, they were so cute. There is what, oh, you know what I love the most? Huh. The donkey. Because. Oh, I love a donkey. And maybe I'll post this actually because it's just of my hand, but like I figured out how to tickle the nose of the donkey so like his lip went up 
or her lip oh. went up and it was just those crazy teeth and it was all, and it was so freaking cute. Did you feed any of the animals carrots and apples? I fed some, one of the horses a treat, but I got so scared that I dropped it at the end because I thought my hand was going to be taken off because I'm just... Yeah, you have to feed them a certain way so they don't bite your fingers. Flat palmed. Yeah. Yeah. And then hay, a little bit of hay. And then there was this incredible hidden Mexican restaurant in the middle of the ranch. They had to walk through some like foresty type part. And then it was just this like, that was some of the best Mexican food I've ever had. Really? Yes. And I cannot wait to tell, to take you because I've dropped a pin. Is this a petting zoo? <clears throat> no, it's a real working like. It's a real working ranch where you can pet the goats and feed the horses. Well, people rent out like this woman owns all this property deep in the valley and people rent sort of like sections or barns or sheds or I don't know what you call it all, but like to to keep their horses. That's right. You had told me about that. Yeah. But you're like, wow, it's like right there in L.A. It just seems so random, but it, it was really fun. But I need to put more mirrors around the house, apparently. I need to see the outfit in question. It was a real bummer because I was excited about all my pictures. You've gone through this so many times. You, you're really proud of a look and then a picture gets taken and you look at it and you say, how could you let me leave the house like well, that? Well, there was one. I can't who it was. You came over for some reason. You and Anna came over and oh, I think it was your like a follow up birthday just with you. Like we had just the four of us. And I put on an outfit and you were like, my God, you made so much fun of it. And I was like, what? And then when I saw it later, you were absolutely right. You were like, that's an outfit. I'd like to think I let you know when things really cross the line, but it's a rarity. I don't, I don't, I don't do that just to fuck with you. I do it to help you. Yeah. But it happens rarely. You know that, right? No, see, I'm starting to think like I really don't know how to dress. Like I think like, ooh, pattern mixing. But you've been saying this about yourself for years, for years. I know, but I think I'm right. I think what's happening is like now I'm getting so many sort of feedback pictures that I'm, I mean, I mean this. I'm not just trying to like self-deprecate or mean feedback pictures, Feed, feedback from who? Where's feed? You know, pictures. <laughs> From, from just friends. Here's a picture of the day you just had. And I'm horrified. It's not what I saw in the mirror. It's not what I thought it was. Or like, I thought it was sort of like a cool little, like, I, like I threw something together that was kind of neat. And then it's just a misstep. It's okay. I don't need. Okay. I need a picture. I need a photo. I really need a photo because this is all. Yeah. It's a lot of hearsay right now. It's a lot of hearsay and a lot of random broad broad ideas with no specificity. I can't. It's going to look great at 80. I'll, it, I'll really have locked it in like the right age and the right look. But I think it might, it's maybe like I'm too, maybe too old to wear it. What, what would have looked good at 20 and what will look great at 80. I'm in like a. Oh, okay. 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 Time out. Time out. I think you're having, I think you're having a self ageist. Is this a midlife crisis? crisis. Well, it, start, it sounds a little bit like it. It's real. I believe it's real. I don't I don't disagree, but I don't want you to limit yourself just because you're older now. Fuck that. No, but it will. I mean, you'll go through it in like eight years. I don't know. I could be going through it now. I mean, I have an addiction to sneakers that I never had before. Maybe I am having that at the moment. I know, but you still match. Like it still looks correct on you. You wear colors differently than I always have. And then you look at yourself and you're like, why didn't you tell me I look like Punky Brewster? Uh -huh. But it works on you. And then you have regret. Uh -huh. I don't want you to stop that side of yourself just because you think you're too old to pull it off. Okay. But again, I need the photo in question. It's coming your way in like an hour. Great. Why an hour? Are you sending it by courier? Well, because we have a podcast to do. <laughs> if we start, We can't make the whole thing about this outfit. I... We have an episode to recap. I can make this episode about this outfit. I know. A recap can wait. I really want that picture. But we have like six more to go. Th six more to go through. What? Okay. So this one was episode nine, and you've you've told me there's thirteen. So we're getting up there. They shorten the seasons. Get shorter. I think as years go by. 
Mm-hmm. This is back in the day where 13 was the general number for cable shows. Yeah. Now there's four and everyone thinks, wow, it's a success. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now it's called a limited series. Yeah. Uh, back then we used to stretch it out. Like, no, no, you're going to keep watching. Who directed this? It's called Later Late. Tony Goldwyn. Tony directed this. Okay, so who wrote it? David Sten. It's called Late, Later, Latent. Real play on words. It's the titles, right? You have to kind of go, what's the title? In the end, you're like, oh, that's what they meant. This one, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's why I remember it, because I couldn't put my finger on why it was named that based on the episode itself. Maybe like people are too, people are too late. They figured it out too late. Maybe that seems to have... That seems to be a theme in this, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate this cold open. I like a direct cold open as opposed to some random one with a random character. This starts off with two people in the shower and you see them get out of the shower. It's very straightforward. You wonder who these feet belong to. I thought they were my feet at first. And then I was like, no, those aren't. they look like they're not my feet. Be grateful you didn't have to shoot this scene. Please. And it turns out it is actually Jenny and Carmen. They were taking a shower Jenny has to pee, and instead of peeing in the shower, she gets out, gets cold, goes to the bathroom, and then Carmen straddles her. Sits on top of her. Pees on Jenny, which I guess Carmen has a very... Well, she's peeing in the toilet, but she's peeing on on Jenny's yeah. lower half. And she, I don't know what to call it on a podcast. Jen And Carmen must have a very very strong stream of urine to evoke that sort of reaction. I'm trying to be polite here because I don't know how far I can go. Yeah, either either she can really push out the stream or she aimed, or you can't aim, but she scooched up enough. So even if it was just falling, yeah. it was touching Jenny in the right place. And as bad timing would have it, at the same time, Mark has to go to the bathroom. There's It's a one-bathroom house and she, not to get personal, not to get personal, but I, you know, I haven't had a ton of relationships, but all the ones I've had and they've been long. I've never, have you done that? I mean, is that a common, oh, you're. What, doing what Jenny and Carmen did? Yes. Is it common? I can't imagine it's common. Yeah. I mean, am I missing out on something? This is something no. I should try before I die? No. Okay. All right. Continue. No. Yeah. Mark has to pee. Mark has to pee. There's, it's a one-bathroom house, unfortunately, and Shane comes to his aid trying to get the girls to open the door and let him in. And you just open the door. I had a whole problem with this. You knocked, but then you were like, I feel like any closed bathroom door, even if someone doesn't respond. Well, especially if you hear the shower going off from the other side. That's what I mean. It's just kind of common knowledge, like maybe they didn't hear you or so, but just don't open the door. Right. Okay. Well, too late because she does open the door because this is the whole point of the episode. She opens the door, catches him in the act, runs away screaming. And you're devastated. Yeah. Well, you don't really scream, but you're screaming inside. Screaming inside. So that's the cold open. Again, I appreciate the directness. Yeah. Then we're down in the porn hub of the valley and they're in the office of the really gross porn guy who owns the business. And Mark and Gomi are showing footage. Gomi kind of turns on his friend. Mark Mark is showing this porn producer his sizzle reel that looks like it came from the movie Reality Bites. Yeah, he's trying to really find depth in this story. And they're both looking at him like he's insane because there's no sex. And there's just a bunch of montages of all this B footage of all the characters. And Shane and Jenny are super flirty. And I thought I... I thought that too. And this is where real life and characters just blurred because that was... The relationship I had with Mia. Yeah. I mean, you guys weren't flirty romantic. No, no, no. But like we had a flirty friendship. It was totally 100% platonic. Nobody get any weird ideas in their heads. So, but that was sort of the blurred line between fiction and reality. Because I thought, when did Shane and Jenny establish that level of intimacy? Much like a reality producer would do. You kind of grab something that, and then create the- Manipulate it. Yeah. Okay, so- this guy wants his money back. He thinks Mark's project sucks. Okay, where Alice is, I'm asking... Well, the whole arc of Alice and Dana in this entire episode is buying a dildo. That's the entire arc. 
Alice is convincing Dana that a strap-on is fun and you don't need to be right. secretly straight to enjoy it and that there's nothing weird about it and it's part of a relationship. Let's do it together. It's a big step in a relationship. It is, but she's threatened by Alice's bisexuality and is sort of like, are you trying to make me into a man? Because I'm not. I also think she's threatened by her inexperience because Alice clearly has more experience than she does. She has two relationships to go for right now. You're her third. And there's always that one girlfriend that needs to show you the way. Yep. And thank God for that girlfriend. And thank God for Dana, it's Alice. Because that if that was Tanya, that would be horrifying. It would be awful. Entertaining, but horrifying. I mean, I would have liked to have watched it, but not have been in that relationship experiencing it. I like it. I thought it was real intimacy. It's a, It's like the realistic negotiation of I want this. I want you to be open to it. Let's try it. Let's. I like this. Let's try it. Trust me. Let's go. We'll go. We'll do it together. It's a thing. Yeah. It's like the dildo of trust. That morning, Tina is waking up at Helena's. And does Tina ever just wake up in peace when she's with Helena? No, she's always with a power lesbian on a phone dealing with something. But she's always being woken up when she sleeps with Helena. She's always being woken up either by someone yelling on the phone are getting fucked in bed when the kids come in. It's never peaceful. No, she doesn't have like a nice, just sunshiny Sunday morning. Like, hey, you want a coffee? Are you hungry? None of that exists in Tina's life. Nope. Did you sleep well? No, and she says, Helen is on the phone with Winnie or the lawyer, somebody yelling about Winnie. I I think it's the lawyer. It's the lawyer. Okay, but it's about Winnie. Tina's excited about her day because she has her ultrasound. And then you haul plus, plus, plus. Mm hmm. Meaning Helena is like, well, I'll meet you at the ultrasound. And Tina's like, no, I'm going to meet Bet. And then you would have thought, like, just the shock in Helena's eyes is like, what? Uh, okay. I know. The entitlement of this character is getting so cartoonish. Well, then Helena is like, come over here after. Tina's like, no, I'm going to my apartment. And then it kind of, I was like, is this about control Helena's control because she only wants to do her ideas or is it about she's disgusted by Tina's apartment? I couldn't tell. Maybe both. Okay. Certainly control, but I'm sure she looks at Tina's apartment like it's the common folk dwelling. I can't say that I look at Tina's apartment with a lot of compliments in my head, but nor do I look at Helena's new house like that either. Yeah, I'm not impressed by what Helena has. There's a lot of bad taste happening in this episode in the houses. Like there's dried flowers sticking up against with like with weird vases. And oh, you caught that. There's I I catch all the decoration of everyone's house a lot. I caught the enormous amount of peppers that Tina had on top of her refrigerator in a basket, but we're not there yet. Yeah, there's baskets. It's like someone went to the farmer's market. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Then, oh, you! I was surprised she was back, but you go to a theater. You're like, who who got me this job? You're all wondering. It looks like a theater that would be in downtown L.A. It does look like one of those. Um, no, it's a cool backdrop. Like, I like the setting, but I was like, oh, Veronica Bloom is back. Because I thought you that was over with that episode. You're like, no, nope, she's got to come in one more time. And it looks like she's mimicking Elaine Stritch's one woman show. Yeah. And um, and uh, 
But should we just stick to this? Because yeah, cuts- she, and she wants you to do her hair. But I was like, but you have a hat on. Like, I wonder kind of what Shane was going to do with the hair. You know, I respect Shane's convictions because she's not going to be put into an abusive environment. No, which is fantastic. And if Shane had a different level of ambition, she probably could have used that to her advantage and done quite well. But. Oh, yeah. You could have had a you could have been running a studio as it happens in Hollywood. You started as an assistant and then you're in the end like. But she doesn't she's not interested. She's not interested in running the world. She's not interested in lots of money. Also being abused the whole time to get there. Yeah. she's And then there's that. And I think that puts the pin in the relationship with Veronica Bloom because she once again walks away from. Yes, but I do. Can we just talk about one moment that I was like, there it is. And it's, it's just my favorite thing. You were like, I don't have any magic. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't have the code. Like it was all the things that Veronica is like, what is it about Shane? Your skill set? You're saying it back to her. Like it doesn't exist. It makes me laugh. Well, that whole concept of like, what is this thing that Shane has? It's sort of, you know, it's very melodramatic and very broad. Oh, the mojo. You said mojo. It was like a yeah, lot of that. Yeah, but like the way it's been kind of described from the beginning of the season, it is very like... Superhero. It's broad. There's a lack of specificity and maybe that's the point. Yeah, because no one can pin it. So it is. But looking back at the show 20 years later, after we did the show for a number of seasons following this particular epi- this season and then a reboot, I'm looking back thinking, yeah, like that was a very broad, I can't, uh, what was it? <laughs> I can't put my finger on it. What is it about <laughs> Shane? It? But ca- can we, okay, I'm just, you know, and we don't write Gen Q, but maybe if we have a moment this season, we can maybe improv, throw one of these kind of things in just to bring it back for fun. Okay, sure. I'm going to wish you luck with that. But yeah, let's do it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try okay. to squeeze that in a scene. And I look forward to seeing if it makes past the editing. You're just so magical. What is it? Magical. <laughs> okay, then we're at the planet. Kit is sitting down with Bet and telling her how she's going to meet Benjamin. Ben, is it Benjamin? Benjamin. There's no R. It's Benjamin Bradshaw, and it's a disaster waiting to happen because she has. This, well, he's married. Well, she, but she, and she's known that, but she's planning this beautiful dinner with fresh lobsters that Lara, the sous chef from AOC that she stole, be preparing for them. And you just can smell the stand up that's going to happen. Well, yeah, it's like you're just waiting. I have two things to say. One, on the L word, everybody who has a fancy dinner, if there's a, it's, it's always lobster. Always. Even to this day. I just did it last season. It's always lobster. Oh, oh that's right. Lobster. Lo- it's the yeah. only fancy food people eat on the L word, which I was like, this is hilarious. Then the second thing I'd like to say is, what was it? Ah, left my brain. Go ahead. You know what I just realized is I've always seen characters out on dates. I've definitely seen Alice on dates, Bets on dates. Everyone goes on dates for dinners. Mm-hmm. Shane's never gone on a date. Are you sh- don't say that yet. You have many seasons to get through. I can't believe that to be true. It's I don't believe it's true. Well, there's something you have to do. Group dinners are some is something else. I'm talking about a date. Okay, you have to make this happen next season. I think I need it. Yeah. They're not the most fun to film, but make it happen. Yeah. Just in case it's the last season, make sure you get on one date. Yeah. I got it. I know what it was. In this episode, three different people say Lara's name a different way. Someone says Lara. Someone says Laura. Well, that was the argument with Aaron Daniels for two, three years. How do you pronounce Lara's name? You and Aaron got into a whole thing about it. We already talked about it. No, I know. And we've talked about it. But I'm just saying in this episode, everyone just took their own way. No one got the memo. Okay. Then we're, we're at a restaurant where Jenny meets. This episode for me is, what is Jenny wearing? She looks amazing. She looks like she's going to a movie premiere as she's walking in to have a, a luncheon with a, her teacher, Sandra Bernhardt. I still don't know what her character's name is. Professor Birch. Burr Connors. Mm-hmm. A lot of burrs. A lot of burrs. Well, she can't even pay. She's worried about paying her rent. So she, she had to get two roommates, but she comes in with Prada. But she comes in with the glowing skin and the, and the jackets and the outfits and the pearl necklaces. and the f- Straight off a of Paris runway. Yes. But she can't pay her rent. 
I mean, look, if you're a really good thrift store shopper and you go to like high, you know, consignment thrift shops, you could pull that together. She's got some secrets. She she obviously knows where to go. Listen, it's not like she sudden. It's not like the outfits are suddenly going to get normalized after the, after the episode. They're going to get crazier and crazier, which I love. Crazier and bigger and more expensive. Uh, for this episode, it's last week a little bit, but this week it was really. I was really thinking, what is she wearing? She looks amazing. I like what she's wearing. I just, it just the character took a left turn out of nowhere in this fashion aspect. The clothing doesn't match the uh, circumstances she finds herself in. We were in ripped tights last season. I do love her, though. I, I do love that Jenny Schechter. Okay, anyway, she meets the professor and Burr Connors. And out of nowhere, Burr's like, come over to my house at 830. Let's work on the book. No, first she says he's he's not. I think him being gay is an open secret. Yeah, obviously, Sandra Bernhard knows. And they're having the whole conversation about what it's like for a male movie star to come out and how it ruins them and this, that and the other. And it's a whole debate. And uh, Jenny and he gets up to leave. And then Jenny, I think, says something to him. Which basically she's like, I agree with you, Burr. Like, you're right. Like, it, it isn't easy. And, and, and there is a stigma to male movie stars who come out as gay and this, that and the other. And well, he was saying women can do it at this point, but men can't. Precisely. And he was giving his reasons why. And I think Sandra was challenging that. But Jenny agreed. And that's what triggered him to say, all right, come to my house tomorrow. You're hired. Yeah. And she's like, with all the millions you've made, it's you still can't do it. And he's like, no, he's like very. He's convinced himself that even I mean, look, and this was early 2000s, so. Very different time. Yeah. But, it, you know, still still a still a big thing to do. But. And now we're dick shopping with Alice and Dana. And I do appreciate the sex store worker. I loved her. She was amazing. You need that. You need that comfort in a in a store. But what I love about those but those employees is that no question is too extreme for them. No, you can't be lit that way. Can you imagine if you had a nervous employee? But that's what I love. Like nothing shocking. They're like, yes, we have this and we have that. And then you ask a question that you probably wouldn't ask anybody else in the world. And they have an answer. And they're like, absolutely. It's and I love the no judgment policy. It would take a certain kind of personality to be that employee. Oh, 100 percent. Which I fully respect. So Dana's a little and then at the end, she sees someone she knows. But yeah, they go through all the they go through like I like that Alice was like hot pink. I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to know who was going to pick what. In the end, we never got to see what they picked, which was kind of a letdown, but. Oh, I like it. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. OK. OK. It's kind of like Jaws. Like you didn't see the shark until the end. You don't need to see the monster. Precisely. And I don't think we're ever going to see the, uh, the strap on. The pick, the chosen, the chosen dick. The chosen dick. All right. Now we're with your favorite doctor. The good doctor. I'm sorry. You can't tell me that voice is not beautiful and soothing to listen to. I mean, I wish you were having a baby and she was a real doctor just so you could go see her. You love her so much. Go to her office. She's amazing. I love her. Yeah, very sweet. They're having the ultrasound. They hear the baby's heartbeat. They see the baby in the... Yeah, they see the baby. It's one of those ultrasounds. Oh, yeah. That, you know what? I have to say. Can I just mm -hmm. say? This was Please. the very first time I personally, Leisha felt a Bet and Tina connection where I was like, oh, I actually might have said that out loud. The scene or this episode? Well, it, but in this episode, it happened twice for me because I think they've had a horrible relationship since the start of the show. And when she when Bet touched her hand, when they were looking at the ultrasound, I actually felt something where I was like, oh, they belong together. But I haven't felt that way the whole time in full honesty. Agreed. At this episode, when I was watching it, I thought this is what good chemistry looks like. Yeah, they belong together. You may not like them. They might drive you crazy, but you cannot tell me they don't have comp they don't have chemistry. Well, they I just think their relationship has been kind of shitty the whole time. So I'm excited to see it form and like watch it blossom. I, I just appreciate characters with chemistry. Oh my God, it's well you need it or it's deadly to watch. Uh, otherwise it's just manufactured and you just don't buy it. You don't care. People are like we don't, I know you want us to believe or buy into this, but we're not. No, 
Yeah. So when it's real, it's real and they have it. And don't insult my intel- intelligence by forcing me to watch this because we, we both know this isn't real or true. On the flip side, you really know when it's there, which they have. They have the chemistry. I'm just excited. They're like moving towards a possible rekindling here where they like, you know. It's earned. It's earned at this point. And also, I'm sorry, Bet is a breath of fresh air in relation Big to Helena. T- yeah. No, I'm full team Bet. That's like coming home again. It is. It is. Well, Helena's kind of psychotic. She is. Yeah. She's very bulldozy and I don't know. She came in hard and fast and I'm not I'm not into it. Tina wasn't in such a vulnerable place in life when she first meets Helena. I have a hard time believing Tina would tolerate what she's clearly tolerating. This episode finally addressed the fact that Tina was tolerating a lot of things that were driving the two of us crazy. It's true, Kate. If these kinds of people, when they, okay, so I'm listening to a podcast about a con artist, which is all I'm listening to now or watching on television. Is this the one Anna? Is this the one Anna sent you? Yes. And I, and, and then I, there's like bonuses where you can hear, you know, a doctor come on and kind of do a psychological breakdown of what the con artist is mm-hmm. getting out of this. But a lot of times with con artists, their mark are, is in a very vulnerable situation. Yes. It can be actually the state of mind of like the world also. Like you can, they, they really swoop in at, at hard times. The world is having like, like after the pandemic, like they come in hard. But like with people, they swoop in like after a breakup, a divorce, you know, losing, losing someone you love, like all the, that's when they come in. And so Tina, I think is having one of these. And I think Helena is a bit of a con artist and she smells blood in the water. Yeah. And it's happened to me personally after a breakup. Happened to me too. Oh, it's definitely happened to you. Yeah. Like a really, I know like a really weird, bad person swoops in. And I'm going to say, I think this one was a con artist. Full blown. I was so close. We were uh, there. I, I, I mean, I was Maybe a day away. I was a day away from <laughs> calling the police. Having it, no, from from having an intervention for you. I know, but I was so down and out. Uh, maybe tw- less than 24 hours. Yes, but I was like numb in the brain and the heart. And I just was like a full open, like. It was just a matter of arranging it. And how do we get Alicia <laughs> into this place where she can hear what's being said with no distraction? The lies that this person told. The lies. The lies. Like definitely con artist like playing field here we're talking about but anyway i think tina's going through that that's what helena represents to me we're going to take a break we'll be back in a minute i know we jumped around in the story because again this episode you know it started it, it jumps from scene to scene so we addressed we we addressed the burr jenny sandra thing and initially that sort of interrupted the bet and tina sonogram thing but since we've already addressed the burr jenny and sandra bernhard thing we then see bet and tina at tina's house because they've just gone grocery shopping they're loading tina's fridge and this is where the peppers are sitting on top of the fridge i noticed a couple of other things i noticed the KitchenAid sponsorship because if you watch the door open Mm -hmm. it does a full KitchenAid emblem is like bigger than Tina and Bet in the screen. And then she closes the door again. And I was like, well, somebody got a new KitchenAid fridge in the production office. <laughs> yeah. I at, at the top of this scene, before anything else happens in this scene, I thought two things. I thought, Tina, please kiss her because you have to get away from Helena. This is a disaster to watch. And the second one was, when is Helena going to interrupt? Because we all know she doesn't like to knock before entering. And thankfully, neither one of those things, well, one of them didn't happen, but the other one did happen, which is that whole sweet scene. They wind up having sex for the first time since first season. And that's, this was my second time that I was like, I believe it. I want it. I'm in. I'm a full T-bet right now. And I'm, that. here I go. Tina must be so happy to have sex in private for the first time. And that's got to feel good. Lord only knows how long. The music did take me out of it. It always does. Me too. It was it was pretty bad. Other than that, I believed it. Me too. Those gals have chemistry. 
They do. It was fantastic. I did worry a little bit about Tina drinking soy milk. She had soy milk going in her fridge and I was like, should you have that? I didn't know if you should have that at pregnancy, but I don't know. I've never been pregnant. Uh, Shane's cutting Mark's hair. And did you catch Mark calling Shane babe? I didn't. I didn't catch that. Oh, I thought, I, was, I thought, oh, Alicia will catch that too. What's, what's it all mean? I mean, I guess they do share a secret. So there is a intimacy there that hasn't been there before, but he says it in such a casual, comfortable I thought, uh, you're pushing it. Well, I, I mean, the whole relationship with Mark, I don't understand. And I haven't from the beginning, but you're giving him a lesbian haircut. I'll give you that. I think it's the one thing you know how to do. Shane's got this one cut. Yeah. Hey, it's what made her famous. But, you know, a lot of hairdressers are get famous off of one haircut. That is true. I can name two right now that I there's Sally Hirschberger gave the shag. Right. And Chris McMillan gave the Rachel. Gave the Rachel. Mark is saying how he, oh, Shane was saying how he, she quit uh, working for Veronica Bloom. And Mark, who's been crossing boundaries left, right, and center since we met him, says, Oh, I, you know, for a hot second, I was going to ask you if you could put me in contact with Veronica Bloom about something. And he's like, I, and I, he's like, I thought better of it. He's like, Never mind. It just crossed my mind. But, Ooh, the audacity. Well, that's L.A. Carmen, okay, so, okay, I've just, okay, so here's here's what I'm wondering about Carmen and Shane. Like, she's really in with Jenny, yet she, every chance she gets where she can sort of like slink into a room with Shane alone, there's these confessional like scenes where it's like, I'm giving my heart up to you and I'm I'm just with Jenny because I'm passing time she said she really throws Jenny under the bus saying Jenny wouldn't know the real deal if it I wrote it down hit her over the head she wouldn't know the real deal if it bit her in the ass oh bit her in the ass that's not nice to say it's not nice Jenny's not conflicted you are but I'm really believe when when Carmen's with Jenny I'm like oh she's committing to this relationship she's in like I'm as shocked as Jenny was like I think Carmen's trying to convince herself to be into Jenny I know but you still okay we've had those where we're in a relationship and like you get a crush on someone but like how many times do you really go towards it and like open the door and say I know I'm doing this over here but I'm really like she's I don't know I love Carmen. I'm, I'm just saying. I do too. Uh, it's a little harsh. I think about the Jenny thing is harsh. Yeah. Yeah. She's felt bad for Jenny. She just peed on her this morning. And now she's like. I know. And then she's throwing her under the bus and saying she's and saying she's dark and saying she's this and saying she's that. She loves her darkness. She likes to live there. You and I know we've known the Oh, fr- like Shane's like Shane's a breath of fresh air. Give me yeah, a break. I, you're so light and <laughs> Since when did she turn into a gummy bear? <laughs> Rainbow bright over here with the with the lesbian haircut. Yeah, and that you guys have known since the second you locked eyes. Listen, I think those longing looks to one another across the room for the last maybe, what, seven episodes is solidifying that there is some sort of unspoken. No, I get that. I get all of that. I just it's when she's with Jenny, it seems. I don't know. I guess we've all fooled ourselves before like that. It's just hard to hear it out loud. It's just a lot of forlorn chemistry, although I will say, Mm -hmm. again, it's a bit broad, the writing. When she says, oh, God, this is the thing that I, I'll be honest, it took me. I was in it. I was in it. And then this line was said and it took me right out. What was it? Uh, Carmen says to Shane, Shane says something or Carmen says something like, why does Shane, why do you think a relationship's going to kill you? And I don't know. It's something about this. And Carmen's line is, quote, if you're not taking any risks, you might as well be dead. That's the line that got me. It's very very melodramatic, but this is a show about lesbians, so I guess it goes hand in hand. But it was just a bit with a right. sledgehammer. It's funny you say that because there's there's a kill line later that I was like, and now that you've said that, I'm like, there's two kill lines. It's extra. It's ex- it's extra. I, I buy the car- the chemistry between. Yeah. Oh, no. All day long. Please. It's huge. No, but I'm watching this for the first time in how many years? And I get why everyone, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people were into this 
couple. Yes. Because I'm into them. And I'm into them too. I'm excited for it to happen. I just didn't want her to be so, I don't know. I just, I, I can't wait for more, more. Dismissive of Jenny. It's a little rude. I know. But I'll look past it. It's, it's a TV show. Jenny's a tough cookie. She's, she'll, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny will be okay. Well, Bet leaves Tina's house. They say goodbye and, and, and Tina kind of does one of those, by the way, her outfit, we would have made, if she came to the ranch with me over the weekend, we would have looked you like. Well, you would probably would have felt better about yourself. Yeah. Tina basically says, let's not have this complicate everything, which is code for this will complicate everything. I know, but that was, I was a little like, wow, Tina. She saw, thanks for that. Okay. Are we there? Can we talk about the next scene? Because, woo, what a doozy. First of all, Bet leaves. And then a split second later, Helena shows up. I guess they didn't see each other. That happens a lot on the L word too, where... It even happens in Gen Q. A character will leave and a new one will show up and you're like, they must have seen each other out by the cars or like, but no, not on the show. Maybe one of them was waiting for the other one to leave to take their parking spot. There's a great, yeah, no, I agree. They have a very similar look. I mean, Tina has got a type, right? She's got a type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in comes Helena in an outfit to go out for dinner. And then here we go. It started happening. Tina, I don't know, I guess was having a hormonal episode. That's what they were saying it was in the scene. Well, that's what Helena was accusing her of. I know. But what was it? What was happening? I don't know. All I know is that Tina basically jams her hand up Helena's dress. <laughs> and even I felt that. <laughs> How? I know. And How? Helena's like, I'm not, I don't think I'm comfortable with this. And I'm like, exact. I mean, who would be? I forgive Tina because she finally addressed Helena's annoying kink, which is to have sex in public and let everybody see it. So I forgave Tina. She did address it. I was very happy. Me too. For the moment you, a character addresses something, we we forgive. Yeah. She's like, what do you want this? You want the neighbors to watch? I know that's the way you get off. And then then she's like, hey, everybody. And she does it out the back door and the front door. We're going to have sex. You want to come over? Which I got to give it to her. That's funny. I would do, you know, but it was the height. I don't know. It was sort of the heightened, like only because it bet had just left and she was very calm and like goodbye and let's keep it cool. And then Helena shows up and she turns into a horn dog slash crazy person. Helena is the one who blamed it on a hormone on a hormonal surge, which is a real low blow. I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't say that to a pregnant woman or a woman at all. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, what's, do you have any thoughts on what it was or? <sighs> I think I, I think I had the same thoughts you had. Okay. I just, I wasn't sure about it. I wasn't sure about what happened. And now that I'm thinking about it, how did Helena leave? Oh, she just kind of kept like putting her hand on Tina's face. Like, I'm going to go now. Let's, you know. And I also thought, well, if Tina just had all that great sex with Bet. Why was she so horny? Like that made her more horny? Or maybe she thinks it was a mistake. And so she's trying to overcompensate for going backwards. Let's move on. Your favorite person's back. I was like, he's not back. Please tell me he's not back. He was weirder than ever, by the way. This is the last person anyone should ever seek advice from. It was like a horror movie of Dan Foxworthy. The lighting was weird. He was weird. He was so stiff and crazy and asking like, like ask me a question or say something to me. Say, just pretend you're in therapy. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? I was like, that's not therapy. Oh, please. Yeah, but that's like therapist cliche 101. Answer a question with a question. Bet would be better off going to advice from Shane. I would actually get it from, oh yeah, Shane's a good pick. He really stinks. But I did, I kind of got some good insight on what Bet is thinking about. Yeah, she's in a very lonely, scary place. And my heart, go, my heart breaks for her. And I know I, and I give Bet a hard time. I know I do. She bothers me, but when she's right, she's right. And I really feel for her right now. Oh, my! how could you not? This ins- Well, last season, I was getting annoyed by her. And I know I was. And I was critical. And I know. But now with Helena just stepping in the way she has, you have to feel for Bet. It's not right. 
Yeah, her whole thing is that she's like being with Tina, it was familiar, but yet she feels like a stranger at the same time. What a head fuck. Mm-hmm. Like major, major. Also, you're having a child together. I, I don't think it gets more complicated. Like you will be in the, each other's lives for the rest of your life. Yeah, but just having sex with that person again. And it, I mean, well, I, I almost wanted to go forward here, but I won't, but. Well, sex it makes things messy and complicated, and anyone who says otherwise is lying. It does. <laughs> it's they're lying. Well, some people actually do. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but she said the one profound thing that I was like, "Oh, that's what it is." Bet said, "But Tina doesn't need me anymore." Right. Because he was because Tina's kind of coming into herself now, and she she's strong and confident and knows what she wants, and that threatens Bet. Because Bet's like, well, now you're not going to need me. And that's mm-hmm. when my heart broke. Mm-hmm. Then we're back at the sex toy shop. Dana gets out of her car like Mission Impossible. Big Puts step. Her, yeah. And goes to get it all on her own. Good for her. I felt really proud of her. Me too. And then. Oh, this is, there's the heartbreak. Yeah. Jenny in some very odd bodice kind of dress. Again, she looks amazing. I'm just trying to understand what that was. So she knocks on the shed, but Mark, who's trying to hide what he's really up to, leaves evidence blatantly out there for all to see. Just large letters written in Sharpie. <laughs> love Shane, confession. <laughs> Shane and Carmen's love confession. Real subtle. So Jenny pops it in the computer and I loved Mia's reaction to what she saw because she hears what Carmen was saying about her. She hears it. The thing no one should have to go through ever. It was a real fly on the wall moment she didn't ask for. No. Except it was a camera on the wall moment. And you could tell that she looked like her feelings were genuinely hurt, but that's because Mia is a brilliant actress. A brilliant actress. Okay, we're over at CAC. Bet's talking about art. Can't have an episode without CAC. Well, she needs to talk about art. And there's another woman in the scene kind of pitching something to bet. Helena walks in. I forgot Helena worked there now or is on the board. I've totally forgot. And I was like, oh, right. So then it's a Falcon Crest scene a little bit. Helena's like, I'm going to sit and listen to what you're saying. And I'm going to, and I can fund that bet. And Bet's like, no, that's cool. I got it. And she's like, well, I can fund that. And it is one of those. It was just like, it's you like- know what I thought- Two power dykes topping each other. Well, I actually, I, I know Helena likes to come across as this power dyke. And to many, yeah, she she uh, appears to be that. But what she really is coming across as, as in the scene is just a spoiled child. And I felt like Bet was looking at her for the first time, like she was dealing with Veruca Salt herself. Right. <laughs> And that's a nice yeah. shift because Bet's sort of been at the mercy of this woman and her decisions and what game is she playing? And You're right, Kate. There is a shift. Like maybe Bet's not so threatened. Because Helen is insisting that she sees something like some budget and Bet's like, that's not how I work. You're right. So, and she's very polite she's about like, it. She's like, well, I could give it to Leo. And Bet's like, Great. Thanks, but no thanks. That's not how I work. And this woman's sort and you know, they're not going to get into it in front of this woman that clearly is a client or something. I don't know who the hell she was, but that was my take. And I thought, good. Oh, what's what's Bet's assistant's name? James. James really wit he's well, he's really witnessing a lot of dyke drama, right? I just thought it was kind of great that he's like, I know what this is. And Helena can't control Bet. Nope. So Bet figures out, oh, Veruca Salt and Helen is like, oh, I can't control Bet the way I can control Tina. Mm-mm. And I hope this sort of play keeps going for the remainder of the season because I'm enjoying the shift in in power. Well, Helena has to have some sort of shape shifting thing that happens at some point because she be she becomes a friend of the group. Alice's best friend in season three. Right. So I'm I'm kind of excited to watch the transition from who this character is right now. And how it was all worked out to be who she became. Mm-hmm. Me too. We're still at CAC. Helena calls Tina and is like, let's go for dinner. I, or do, I don't know. Can I see you? And Tina's like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not just some sort of toy you can play with, Helena. They had their first sort of, I wouldn't call it a fight, but Tina kind of 
finally stood up for herself. I'm proud of Tina in this episode. And now we can go to Burr's house. He has a, I really am jealous of the gym he has in his Hollywood compound. He's kickboxing with his trainer. Mm-hmm. I was surprised there weren't mats. They were just on hardwood floors. I was thinking the same thing. But they did They did manage to have a, a table set up some green tea afterward. That's a good I missed that. That was good. Anyway, again, Mia's, Mia's, Mia is brilliant because she's arriving at Burr's just on the heels of what she had discovered in, in the shed. And she's trying to be business, but we've all been there where um, we can't control our emotions you can't pull it together. And she's just trying to just get started on the session they have and tears are coming out of her eyes and she has to release it because she's that profoundly hurt. And he's like, what is it, Jenny? We can't work. She's like, no, no, no. Setting up the tape recorder. And he's very kind to her. And it's, and I thought what a, what a, that's a, I don't know if it was written that way or if that was Mia and Tony's thing that they figured out, but what a lovely way to sort of open up a level of intimacy that they're going to have to have with each other later on in the scene because that Burr character. Yeah, they have a real share sesh. Yeah. Has been so shut down. He needs a reason to open up. Then we're at the heartbreaking scene with Kit. She's she's at the planet, the big moon. As predicted. On the, the back wall. I forgot about that moon. I was like, oh yeah, the moon. We knew this was going to be a disaster. It is. And he had a call and cancel. He did. Because of his family. And I think Kit realizes, right, I'm not your family. And I hope Kit realizes that so she can kick this guy to the curb. She does. I think also they probably had him, you know, for a couple of episodes, they had to get rid of Benjamin and that storyline. Kit may be down and out, but Pam Greer looks... Jesus, she looks great. Glorious. My God. What a knockout. Okay. This is was, was a little shape-shifty for me. Because Helena cooks? Helena all of a sudden is like, she's like, I gave Carmela the night off or whatever. And she's mm-hmm. cooking and she said she wanted to be a chef at one point. Mm-hmm. She had just been dealing with eggs. Okay. She was doing that thing where you take a crack an egg and you do the, the egg whites into each part of the shell. I think she was making homemade Caesar dressing. Okay. And then she was, you know, what's this called? When you whisking. She was whisking it. And then she takes Tina to, to sit her down. And I'm sorry, I couldn't, I was like, uh-uh. There was no hand washing between the eggs and the feet. And she goes right over to take Tina's shoes off and starts giving her a foot rub. And I thought, well, I hope she washes them on the way back to cooking. I think it's more important that she washes her hands on the way back as opposed to washing them, washing them on the way there if we're going to have to make a choice. I don't want to make a choice. I'd like a hand washing between both egg and feet. Well, let's move on because now we see Ivan. I didn't know Ivan was back. I was surprised. I had no idea. Again, I don't remember this episode. And he's running an AA group and good for Kit because she needs a meeting. And she shows up and she goes to see Ivan. And she's like, I looked over at the bottle of wine that I had set for my boyfriend. He didn't show up. So I thought I'd come here. I needed someone who I could trust that I could talk to. And it was sweet between her and Ivan. Very sweet. And Ivan, they decide to go to a burlesque bar. Yeah, which I would, thought was, is it, can you, is that a good follow up to a meeting? Well, but whatever. I mean, They're it's, all strong. I mean, it makes sense for Ivan because he's such a throwback, but we've come to find out that Ivan has a girlfriend of five years who is one of the burlesque dancers. Who is such a bitch. Who is a total judgy bitch. And I love watching Kit not take any shit. I wish she did that more often on this show because it's my favorite. She even did like a turnaround like stink eye back at Ivan. But anyway, we learned that uh, this girlfriend has been around for five years, which crosses over the time that Ivan was coming after Kit. Kit calls Ivan out on that. And Ivan's like, we weren't monogamous and we never got to that place to have that conversation. And Kit's like, I don't care what level we were at, like all of it's wrong. Yeah. And I was like, Right on, Kit. Not what I would have predicted from my from my memory. I wouldn't think Ivan would have such a bitchy girlfriend because Ivan was so sweet. Well, I think they needed a way to not have Ivan come back. Otherwise, we'd be wondering when are Ivan and Kit getting back together. Right, right, right. I think Kelly only was doing a few. It kind of was like closing out the, the guest stars episode. 
Like the contracts are up. I guess we have to. Exactly. We lost Cameron. We're losing. Uh huh. I think Tony's only in this for a little, for up until this episode. There's the end of Ivan. Now we're back to Jenny and Burr. Okay. So here's the real intimate scene. Who are sharing their deepest feelings. And I guess it's easier to talk to strangers. Kind of like what Shane did with Mark. Instead of calling her friend, she called a stranger. And he finally confesses that he lost the love of his life. And destroyed his career in the process. And if we all remember the cold open, I think the episode before, where he found his boyfriend fucking a PA and threw him out of the trailer. I guess what he confessed to in this is that he followed that up with a call to his PR agent and said, I'd like you to out this guy. And then it ruined his career. Ember's regretted it ever since. He still sleeps with people. He has people over, but it's all in secret. They have to sign NDAs. He threatens them. And he lives a very, very, very closeted life. And he's fine with it. Well, no, he's not fine with it. He's 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 sad about it. Like his life, like Jenny's life right now seems like a cakewalk in relation to what Burr has imposed on himself. Mm-hmm. And that's a Tony Goldwyn signature. He's always he, a, 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 like a likable guy that turns out to be a villain underneath it. Well, he but then the weird line that I was like, that was a little much. He said, if you if you ever tell anybody about this, Jenny, I'll have you killed. And she's right. like, <laughs> he's yeah. like, no, really a good guy and a villain. That's a little hardcore. Oh, that's that's the kind of characters he plays. Okay, here's the big thing. Here's the, the psycho number three from Helena. She's showing Tina around her m- new Malibu home that she's rented. Had Tina not been over? She'd been over to that place. Yeah, but I guess the these bedroom doors had been closed because is it such a big place? She never wandered up the third to the third I floor. I guess so. Maybe it's. Or fourth floor, who knows? Or to the West Wing. Yeah. So she's showing, here's, you know, one child's bedroom. Here's my other child's bedroom. And then she said, and there's one more surprise. And Tina acts, I mean, I was like, come on, Tina. Like, we would all know what it was. She opens the door. There's like a, a beautiful new design nursery for a baby. Creepy. And then at the same time, we see Bet putting the finishing touches on her on the nursery she has for the baby at her place, and and it's so sweet, and you feel for Bet exactly. One one is so so kind and endearing, and is there for the right reasons, and the other one is just so there because it's a manipulation tactic and it's control and buying affection and total opposites. Well, I'd like to throw one more thing in, which is they both oddly. And coincidentally, had the same color scheme. It was like a pale mint green and a tan. And they both had it. And then we uh, get to Dana fumbling around. It's a learning curve with those things. And uh, she's... Well, Alice is in bed. She And Dana apparently has said there's a fashion show. We hear Dana going, ow, ah, oh. Mm-hmm. She's kind of bumping around. And out she walks with a strap on. And Alice couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. We ended on a high. Ended on a high. Well, it was, you know, it was very L word episode. I was totally in the whole time. I wasn't clunking around this one. It flowed nicely. I liked it better than last week. Me too. I'm curious to see what else unfolds. But yeah, I didn't mind it. I have to say, I think Tony's a great director. You know, there's some clunkers in every ep- in every episode. Let's face it. Let's face it. I mean, we have to face it. It's not the L word if there isn't. Yeah. That's what makes that's kind of what makes the show endearing because it embraces the clunkers and says, no, that's what we are. Right. But I'm looking forward to next week. Me too. Me too. So, all right. So next next week is episode 10. We have like three or four left. Yeah. And then we'll go back to something else. Yeah. And then we'll take a break because we can't keep watching. We can't dive right in the third season. We need a break, especially with work starting. I don't need double L in my life. Oh my God. We don't, I don't have time. We don't have time to watch the, cause you have to watch them and then do the podcast. It's, you know, takes time. We don't, we won't have that time. No, but no. we will, we will still do pants. Of course we're going to do pants. Well, thanks to all you pockets out there. That's cute. I'm sticking with it. I love it. And pockets is great. Whoever came up with it. Yeah. I'm kind of mad we didn't cause it's such an obvious. It's so obvious yet. Never crossed my mind. But respect. I respect the person who has said, no, we're pockets. You're right. Yeah. All the pockets. We love you guys. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Until next week. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by Kate Menig and me, Alicia Haley. Produced by Melissa DeMonts. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS. Graphics are by Love Fox. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.